The CDC has just released some great news in the fight against COVID. 72,000 Americans have undied of of COVID-19. Now, I am certain these people did not come back to life, and I'm pretty sure that these people never died in the first place. But the one thing that I now know for sure is that they did not die of COVID. Last week, without really much of any explanation, the CDC lowered the total COVID death count by a lot, not just by a few people, stray numbers here or there. They lowered it by more than 72,000. That includes around 24% of pediatric deaths. When asked how they got the count so incredibly wrong, the agency blamed the algorithm. They said, oopsie daisy, a coding logic error caused the artificially high number. Now, if you had suggested, if you had maybe just raised the possibility that possibly the official COVID death numbers were being exaggerated over the past two years, you would have been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation. You could have been kicked off of social media, kicked out of the public square. You would have been called a danger to society. You would have been called a murderer. You would have been blamed for other people's deaths. You would have been right. But that wouldn't have mattered because the definition of misinformation today, according to big tech and even our government, is so broad that it even includes true information if that information is inconvenient to the political goals of our ruling class. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Robert Lanham, who says, Michael, we should put up giant billboards in response to the gay Democrat billboard in Florida that plainly say Hunter Biden laptop, another effective marketing strategy pioneered by the left and perfected by the right. Well, we would do that except for this one problem. In Florida, they say that you're not allowed to say gay, but of course you really are allowed to say gay. And uh, throughout the rest of the country, they say that you're allowed to say Hunter Biden laptop, but you are most certainly not allowed to say Hunter Biden laptop. Certainly not when there's an election afoot. Absolutely not. Then you can't tweet it. You can't post it. You can't even privately message it because our government is clamping down. And when there's a lot of political turmoil, it, it is good to have tangible assets, which is why you've got to check out Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. With inflation at 7%, like it is now thanks to Joe Biden's stupid economic policies, that paper money in your wallet is losing value fast. Today, an ounce of gold is worth 1900 bucks. It was worth about $300 per ounce in 2000. I have been telling you for years that you can buy gold from Birch Gold. It is your hedge against inflation. Did you know there's another way to hedge against inflation? It's not just gold. You can also buy silver from Birch Gold. Silver is also considered real money, and historically speaking, it is extremely undervalued right now. It's an industrial metal that is in high demand for everything from electric cars to solar panels. Silver, like gold, is never going to zero. The American dollar, well, it's going down the drain right now while precious metals are rising in value thanks to the Fed. Call Birch Gold right now. 
They're the only company I trust for this kind of thing. Do not wait. Start diversifying. Text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 989898 to get a free info kit on buying gold or silver in a tax-sheltered account. There's no obligation to get this info. Text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Get the info kit right now. Text it to 989898. I did not believe that the official definition of misinformation, disinformation, all the words they use to to say fake news. I did not believe that the official definition included true information. I thought that was just one of those right-wing crazy talking points. And then I found the SISA website. You've got to check this out for yourself. You go to SISA. This is the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. CISA.gov. And they've got a page on MDM. That's Miss, Dis, and Malinformation. Often all these words, malinformation was a new one to me, but these words will be used interchangeably, but there are subtle distinctions between them. They say SISA's Miss, Dis, and Malinformation MDM team is charged with building national resilience to MDM and foreign influence activities. And so they go out and they are basically a propaganda arm of the U.S. government that tries to counter other information that they deem dangerous or false or just politically inconvenient. They, they give definitions of these, of these various terms. So they'll say Malinformation, and this is the one they're really focused on. It's the top announcement, March 15th. Starting today, SISA is launching a new MDM social media series, Optical Illusions, to raise public awareness of MDM and more specifically, malinformation. What is malinformation? Malinformation is based on fact, but used out of context to mislead, harm, or manipulate. And so SISA, this agency of the government, is going to inform you about malinformation. In other words, malinformation is true information that our political ruling class doesn't want people to believe. It's what you see in all of the quote-unquote fact-checking websites, which are really just left-wing operative websites that are putting forward left-wing opinions and then declaring them true or false and then using their power with social media platforms, with big tech, with the entire liberal apparatus to suppress information they don't like. So they'll say, you know, the, uh, we saw this just a couple, few weeks ago with the bio labs. We said there were, the claim was there are U.S. funded bio, biological research facilities in Ukraine, funded not just by the U.S., but by the U.S. military. And what you saw on all the fact-checking websites was fake, fake news, false, 10,000 Pinocchios, it's not true. And then if you read the articles, they would say, no, actually it is true. These laboratories exist. We've been funding them since 2005. The military is actually funding them, blah, 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 blah. But it's out of context. 10 Pinocchios, 10,000. It, the, the Russians are pushing this. The Chinese are pushing this. So even though it's true, we're going to call it fake news. And then because these fact checkers have so much influence on the algorithms, if you report on that true information, you will have your website suppressed, your views suppressed, you'll be shadow banned. It, it will not work malinformation. Pay attention. That word is going to play a much bigger role moving forward because we've just come out of two years of hearing about misinformation, 
There is more than two years, actually, really, really kicking into high gear at the beginning of the Trump presidency. You heard this is everything that you're hearing that is contrary to the Democrats is misinformation, disinformation. That Hunter Biden laptop, 51 intelligence officers said, oh, this is classic Russian disinformation. And then it turned out to be true. All of it turned out to be true. And so you've got the intelligence community, the deep state, the big tech, the corporations, they've all got egg on their face. And they say, okay, gosh, we can't call it misinformation anymore because it's true. We can't call it disinformation anymore. Huh. I know what we'll call it, malinformation. It's information that we just think happens to be bad for you. On COVID, if you if you say that the death count's being exaggerated, that's misinformation. No, it's true. Okay, it's malinformation. <laughs> it's information that we don't like. We look on it with a great deal of malevolence. Fine. Speaking of COVID, Hillary Clinton just came out. She has some some bad news, some scary news, but it's okay. It's good news in the end. Hillary has COVID. And so that's very scary, right? Because we've been told COVID is the most dangerous thing ever in the history of the world. But it's okay. She's tested positive, but she feels fine. She says, quote, well, I've tested positive for COVID. I've got some mild cold symptoms, but I'm feeling fine. I'm more grateful than ever for the protection vaccines can provide against serious illness. Please get vaccinated and boosted if you haven't already. Now, hold on a second. Hold on. Speaking of misinformation, I was told at the beginning of the COVID, the, the vaccine period of COVID, I was told that the vaccines will prevent you from contracting or transmitting COVID-19. They changed their story later on. Later on, they said, no, it won't stop you from getting COVID or transmitting it, but it, it will stop you from going to the hospital or it'll, it'll make it less likely that you go to the hospital or less likely that you'll die. They, that, that's what vaccines are for. They totally changed the definition of vaccines. But in the early part of the vaccines, Dr. Fauci, Rochelle Walensky, Joe Biden, they all told us these vaccines will stop you from contracting COVID or transmitting it. Well, now that turns out that's misinformation. They said it was misinformation if you were skeptical of that view. That was malinformation. What they said was misinformation. And I just, it's so funny here how they keep moving the goalpost. Because, and I've heard this from many liberal friends of mine, liberal family members. They'll say, oh, Michael, you have to get the vaccine. You've got to get 10,000 boosters. It's so important. COVID's really scary. I said, I'm not really worried about COVID and I don't really have all that much faith in the experimental Fauci ouchie. No, Michael, you have to get it. It's so important. And then what happens? Two months later, they've got COVID and I don't. And, and I say, hey, how's that vaccine working out for you? And they say, no, well, you know, I got COVID because obviously vaccines aren't supposed to stop you from getting viruses. That's never beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. The, the, today the media tell, tells me that vaccines don't stop you from getting beep, 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 boop, boop, boop. So they start repeating the, the new media narrative, which contradicts their old one. They say, but thank goodness I got the vaccine. Well, what do you mean? It looks like you got COVID anyway. Well, yeah, but it's kind of mild. Yeah, right. COVID's usually mild. In healthy people, it's generally extremely mild. No, Michael, you don't, thank goodness I got the vaccine it would have been so much worse if I didn't have the vaccine. Oh yeah? <laughs> would it? I, maybe. I, I'm not saying definitively, no, it would be, it wouldn't be worse if, if you didn't have the vaccine. I don't know. I'm not a biologist. Okay. I'm not an epidemiologist, but here's what I do know. The vaccine doesn't do the thing that everyone said it would do. 
Furthermore, the vaccine doesn't even last that long. That's why they told you, you only need to get one shot, two shots, three shots, four shots, five shots. And we're up to about five shots now. So it doesn't, it's so effective that you need to get five of them. <laughs> you can't, what? The only reason you believe that it's, that COVID would be much worse if you didn't have the vaccine is because the same idiots who have been lying to you and simply getting it wrong for two years tell you that that's true. But you don't know. These people have no credibility at all. Frankly, whatever these people, the Fauci's, the Walensky's, the Biden's, whatever they tell me is true on any given topic, but particularly COVID, I am inclined to believe, and I think it is a reasonable conclusion to believe that the opposite is true. Uh, yeah, I've got, co- I've got 17 million boosters. I've got COVID. Don't forget to get the vaccine. It's so important. It's so, is, that, is that so, Hillary? Okay, it's so important. Great. You know what I think you should do? I think you should just live a healthy life, eat healthy, do the right thing, and you want to keep your iron up, and you want to have some good, delicious meat, okay, which is why you got to check out Good Ranchers. Right now, go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles. Do you know what I had for dinner last night? Do you know what I had? You know what I had for dinner. I had delicious Good Ranchers Burgers. This was the Wagyu beef blend, and it was so freaking good. I eat Good Ranchers at this point probably two to three times per week, and it's such high quality. The prices are ridiculously reasonable. Not just that. You know, you go to the grocery store, and you see all that lower quality, usually imported meat from these cheap places overseas, even though they pretend to be American meat. So you go there, and the price on that meat is going through the roof right now. With Good Ranchers, not only can you get a $30 discount just for ordering today, you go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles, but if you subscribe, you will be locked into your price forever. So the price is already extremely low. And then if you lock in today with inflation going through the roof, you will be locked in forever to my favorite meat. Go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles, save on the quality you've been looking for. Good Ranchers takes the guesswork out of the grocery store, sources everything from local farms, farms rather, ships directly to your door. Use code Knowles. Enjoy your box of 100% American meat, $30 in savings. Order now, get that good American meat delivered. Speaking of information and COVID, disinformation and misinformation, we have this series out right now, Fauci Unmasked. This was a little bit of a stealth series. We didn't promote it at all. We did, there was no marketing, there was no advertising. We'd been working on it secretly for a while. Just like those scientists in the Wuhan laboratory were working on certain things secretly, we were working on this Fauci three-part docu-series secretly, and we just released it one day. And I'm so pleased to say the Fauci docu-series is one of the most popular products we have ever put out on the Daily Wire. Uh, This is uh, just for members, so if you want to watch it, you've got to head on over and uh, subscribe to the Daily Wire. Uh, We've gotten like a gazillion views. I mean, it's, it's done really, really well. It just shows you that people do not believe the narrative that they have been sold on COVID. What we were told about COVID is Dr. Fauci is the science. Everything he says is true. Defer to him. Everyone else is spreading dangerous misinformation, disinformation. He's the most important man in the country. He's the highest paid employee of the federal government. Joe Biden said, I will never fire him. There is no circumstance in which I will fire him. He was the Democrats golden boy. And now even he is bad news for them. And he's coming back, by the way. He's been doing this for two years. He'll be all over TV constantly changing his mind and controlling your life. And then he'll disappear for a little bit. And then he'll just pop right back up 
and try to control your life again. And he's doing it again. He says, oh, as we're light, lightening up on the masks and the vaccine mandates, we're going to have to clamp down again. There's a new variant. It's the alpha, omega, delta, lambda, phi, beta, kappa variant. You've all got to lock down again. It's the Phi Beta Cap, but you got to all do it now, you sheep. And so we, anyway, we've, uh, I'm really appreciative to people who have gone and watched that series, Fauci Unmasked. You got to go to the Daily Wire to do it. Uh, be, become a subscriber today. We've got the untold story of Fauci, unprecedented information about him. Now is the chance to make sure that this little jerk doesn't come back again and further destroy our society and our way of life, because they're going to try to do it, especially as the midterm elections come around. Now, the, the way our government works is different than the way we were told it works in school. For those of us who are old enough to have had civics class, for those of us old enough to have watched Schoolhouse Rock, I am a bill up on Capitol Hill. That's not the way our government really works. We think there are three branches of government, the executive and the judiciary and the legislature, and there's a balance of powers and, and a separation of powers and checks and balances, and there's a checks and balances and separation between the federal and the state and the local governments, and the people express their views, and through their elected representatives, they come up with laws, and the president decides to sign the laws or not, and then the judges rule on the law and interpret the Constitution. No, that's not, that stuff happens sometimes. But the actual way that our government works is that Congress outsourced its lawmaking authority to the executive branch, but not to the president. It outsourced its lawmaking authority to the administrative agencies. Earlier, I, when, at the top of the show, I was talking about misdis, malinformation. That's from CISA, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. They, those guys make policies. The FDA, the CDC, the ABCD, LGBT, LMNOP, those institutions make policies. And usually they do so without any input from lawmakers, frankly, not very much input from the president. And when there are questions about their lawmaking authority, it goes before the judiciary. Usually the judges just defer to the agencies. That's through a series of court decisions, notably Chevron deference. The, The courts will actually say, okay, well, you decide. You determine agencies. So that's whether you say that's good or whether you say that's bad, that's just the way our government works. And if you want to change the political structure of our country, that's where you got to go. That's why the Fauci of it all matters. That's why these bureaucrats matter. They're the ones with the power in the government. Speaking of the judiciary, we have a Supreme Court nominee who has just come up for her confirmation hearings, Katanji Jackson. Uh, Katanji Jackson on paper, looks really good as far as a left-wing nominee can. She went to all the right law schools. She's got the right pedigree. So she's, she's come up before the Senate. But there are two really disturbing aspects of her background that Republicans have honed in on. Not that she had a beer at Georgetown Prep with PJ and Swee and Brett Kavanaugh back in the 80s. Not that she gra- groped someone at a party or whatever other nonsense that the Democrats throw at Republicans. It's about her actual judicial and policy record. The two problems with Katanji Jackson are she's soft on child pornography and she supports critical race theory. Senator Cruz in particular, Ted Cruz focused in on this yesterday, as did uh, Senator Josh Hawley, who, who really zeroed in on some of Katanji Jackson's defenses of why she went so light on people guilty of crimes involving kiddie porn. You said that this defendant, for whom you sentenced to only three months in prison, that your collection, I'm quoting you, your collection at the time that you were caught was not actually as large as it seems. 
The government felt the need to respond to you on the record. They said the government doesn't believe that it's appropriate to just disregard the number of images, that the number of images can be appropriate. And indeed, in this case, the defendant has amassed an extremely large collection of child pornography. But you disregarded that. You also told the defendant, you said this, this seems to be a case where you were fascinated by sexual images involving what were essentially your peers. And then you went on to say the defendant was merely trying to satisfy his curiosity. Curiosity is your word. One more thing on this, same idea. You said you were viewing, this is you to the defendant, you were, div- you were viewing sex acts between children who were not much younger than you. And this whole discussion is about why you're only giving him three months. Judge, he was 18. These kids are eight. I don't see in what sense they're peers. Really good line of questioning from Hawley, and Ted Cruz also pursued a similar line of questioning. Katanji Jackson was arguing here that the guy who has a ton of kiddie porn should basically get off the hook. Rather than be in prison for 70 months, 90 months, even two years, he would only be in prison for about three months because he's 18, and 18-year-olds are basically the same as eight-year-olds. An 18-year-old is a freshman in college. An eight-year-old is in the third grade. If, if an, a freshman in college were hanging around with your third grade child, would you say, oh, well, little Johnny, he's just hanging around with his peers. Oh, no, where, where is my eight-year-old boy tonight? Oh, he's just hanging out with his peers over at the local university. No, you wouldn't. There are some cases where there has been debate on the left and the right involving pornography and specifically underage pornography. Cases like a a 15-year-old sends a picture of him or herself or receives a picture of uh, one of his classmates. And someone says, well, technically it's child pornography. But as Katanji Jackson was arguing, it's involving people's peers or themselves. So are you really going to charge some 13-year-old kid with producing child pornography because he or she takes a a nude selfie, the same as you would charge some 50-year-old gangster creep who's filming kids in horrific situations. No, those are obviously different cases. There's obviously some some ambiguity if it's a, a kid on some social media network making a mistake when he's a a teenager or something with one of his actual peers. An 18-year-old guy with an eight-year-old, with all of this material, that is a completely different thing. There is, what Katanji Jackson has tried to do is blur these lines on an issue that is not blurry at all. And so Hawley and Cruz were drawing stark attention to that. Now, why is Katanji Jackson doing this? Is it because she's a pedophile? Uh, No, I don't think Katanji's a pedophile. Is it because she's just got a real soft spot for pedophiles? Maybe, maybe she does, I'm not sure. But I suspect what it gets to is something even deeper than that, which is that Democrats always take the side of the criminal to the complete disregard and neglect of the victim. You see, you see this with BLM. You see this with Antifa. You see this with violent criminals in all the American cities right now. You see this with all these George Soros installed district attorneys. They always take the side of the criminal and they never take the side of the victims. This is why there are 
rapes and assaults and murders going through the roof right now in New York City is because you'll get these absolute animal degenerates out on the street. They've been arrested 50 times. They've got a rap sheet a mile long. They were arrested just a week ago. And then the DAs say, well, because of bail reform, because, because the only reason you're committing these crimes is society and how society has failed you. We're just going to let you out on the hook. Please don't commit any more crimes than what happens. They do. I suspect that's what's going on here. And, and frankly, it's even more disturbing than if Katanji Jackson just had some weird sexual hangup because it means that her entire view of the law of crime of justice is wrong. It's perverted. It doesn't really make any sense. And that, that is far from the craziest thing that Katanji Jackson said during these confirmation hearings. We've got to protect our system of government, our country, and our homes, which is why you got to check out Ring. Right now, go to ring.com slash Knowles. You know about the Ring video doorbell. It's amazing. You can see and speak to whoever is on your doorstep, whether you're in the house, at the office, on the road, on the other side of the world. You know that Ring makes an alarm. Maybe you didn't know that. Well, Ring makes an award-winning alarm system with available professional monitoring. Well, Ring makes the Ring Alarm Pro. When you really want to take your home security to the next level, you've got to go pro. CNET calls Ring Alarm Pro a giant leap for home security. After using it, I think they are absolutely right. It's so easy to install. I'm not the handiest guy in the world. I basically need to hire a contractor to screw in a light bulb. Even I can install it. Ring Alarm Pro protects your entire home and the Wi-Fi it runs on. So now that we live more of our lives online in virtual space, you want to protect both of it, your physical space, your virtual space. Nobody does this better than Ring. Go pro right now with Ring's award-winning alarm. Learn more at ring.com slash Knowles. That is ring.com slash K-N-O-W-L-E-S. About a year ago, about a year ago, Harry's Razors responded to a tweet from an account that had two followers. It was almost certainly a liberal Democrat operative account, but whatever, it was some anonymous account. And it was an account that took issue with me because of some very old clip where I was on Candace Owens' old show on another network on PragerU. And Candace had the audacity to say men are not women or something like that. I agreed with it. They, they tag Harry's and then Harry's totally insults our audience here. Harry's had been sponsoring my show and they say, oh, this is awful content. It's vile. We condemn this. We have a values misalignment, basically saying not just me, but that our entire audience is a bunch of bigots. They're awful, horrible people. And so we here at the Daily Wire, you know, we do a lot of things, make movies, do politics. We, we do music, we do books. Well, we also, we also make recipes. Okay. And we've just served up a dish called revenge. And revenge, as the Sicilians will tell you, is a dish best served cold. We now have a razor company called Jeremy's Razors. Jeremy does not care about your politics. He doesn't, he doesn't hate you. I'm not sure that he loves you, but he doesn't hate you. Okay. He just, he wants to give you a good razor and he wants to shut up about anything outside of that. So we have got the beautiful Daily Wire Jeremy's Razor Company. Go get it today at IHateHarrys.com. We'll be right back with a lot more. <music> Katan-
Ketanji Jackson, judge who's up for the Supreme Court, goes before the Senate and the, the confirmation hearings are revealing a lot of radicalism in this woman. So on the one hand, she goes weak on child pornography cases. Then the next one, this is frankly even crazier, she defends critical race theory. Senator Cruz really nailed her down on this issue. You know, the Democrats always try to get out of the critical race theory stuff. So they'll say on the one hand, I don't know what critical race theory is. Critical race theory is not being taught anywhere. It doesn't matter. It's not a real issue. And also I love it and it's wonderful and it's good that it's being taught. Out of one side of their mouth, they deny it completely. Out of the other side of their mouth, they exalt it and praise it. Senator Cruz asks Ketanji Jackson about critical race theory, about her views. There's a school that she's on the board of in, in Washington. The school assigns these critical race theory books. One of the claims in the books is that babies are racist, brought to you by Ibram Kendi, one of the, the great proponents of critical race theory ideology in the country. She says, I don't know what you're talking about. They include a book called Anti-Racist Baby uh, by Ibram Kendi. And there are portions of this book that, that, that I find really quite remarkable. One portion of the book says babies are taught to be racist or anti-racist. There is no neutrality. Another portion of the book they recommend to babies confess when being racist. Now, this is a book that is taught at Georgetown Day School to students in pre-K through second grade, so four through seven years old. Um, do, do you agree with this book that is being taught with kids that, that babies are racist? I do not believe that any child should be made to feel as though they are racist or though they are not valued or though they are less than, that they are victims, that they are oppressors. I don't believe in any of that. I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't, I have no idea what these books are. I don't know. I don't, I see no evil here. No evil. Absolutely. I don't know. She's elsewhere. She said, I don't really know what critical race theory is. I don't know anything about this thing. And that is a lie. And it's interesting that Cruz is the one doing the grilling here because Cruz and Katanji Jackson went to law school together. They were one year apart in law school. They were on the law review together and they went to Harvard Law School. Harvard Law School is the place that critical race theory started. So the idea that Katanji Jackson, who's on the board of these schools that's pushing critical race theory, who's been in left-wing legal circles for her entire career, the idea that she would have no idea what critical race theory is, is simply beyond belief. And, and we know that she supports critical race theory because she's given speeches to law schools, University of Michigan Law School, among other places, where she has praised the founders of critical race theory, people like Derek Bell. If you know who Derek Bell is, you know about critical race theory, okay? If you, you, you might know about critical race theory even if you've never heard of Derek Bell or Kimberly Crenshaw or the other intellectuals who developed this. But if you know their names, you for sure know what this is. If you were educated at the school that started critical race theory and you are on the left and you were there at the time that this was really catching ground, certainly you know what this is. And so what we've got here from Katanji Jackson is a lie. 
She's lying about her views on critical race theory. She's lying about her knowledge of critical race theory. This is really bad news if you're looking at the future of the Supreme Court, because this is a woman who's extremely radical and who's extremely dishonest. So the left is going into overdrive to try to defend her. They, they suggest that anytime you bring up critical race theory, that's racist, it's awful, it's terrible. They're even saying that they're even trying to defend her on the child pornography front. And the most hilarious way to do that was on CNN, Jeffrey Tubin, a man known for um, making love to someone that he loves. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, a man known for his self-regard, let's say, and his lack of judgment. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin defended the kiddie porn cases. Can I just add one point about these these, these kiddie porn cases? And, and this this came up, I remember, when I was an assistant U.S. attorney back in the 90s, is that when those... Uh, when those uh, sentencing guidelines were written for those cases, th- this was a time when uh, the people who committed these crimes would order individual photos and 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 get and then get them usually through email, um, and then uh, they would be sentenced based on the number of photos they possessed. This was all pre-internet, so uh, once the internet came in and and people got. Um, access to hundreds and then thousands of photos, they would, the, the sentencing guidelines would reflect hundreds and then thousands of photos. Federal judges have been struggling with the issue of how do you create a fair system that was designed pre-internet that was, yet, yet you have to sentence people post-internet. Jeffrey Tubin, this is just my advice to you as a, as a fellow person who goes on TV as a fellow person who comments on politics. That is where the similarities end, by the way, between me and Jeffrey Tubin. Sit this one out. This is not, this is not a good issue for, for a man who famously had to take a little break from his career because of his sexual indiscretions, particularly involving internet pornography. Uh, sit this one out. This is not a good case. The point he's making is somewhat interesting, actually. A lot of conservatives are jumping on it because he's basically saying, because this material is now more accessible, we need to change the sentencing guidelines. And that seems kind of silly on its face, but I actually think there's something to it. If a man goes out and accumulates hundreds of photos of child sexual abuse material, and he does it by writing to various murky mailboxes and collecting this physical stuff and creating a place for it in his home or wherever he's storing it, that, that actually does reflect a different degree of psychopathy and sickness than does a guy who goes on a website and downloads a million photos in a second. I actually, I actually do think he's making something of a fair point here. But then why is the I, I, I think the conclusion that Jeffrey Tubin reaches is crazy because his conclusion seems to be, yeah, and that's why we need to be more lenient to the people on child porn. No, if anything, it means you should probably be stricter. It means you should probably get them into firmer rehabilitation because the temptation now is so much stronger and the accessibility is so much easier. You need, you need to be damn sure that they're not going to be accessing this in the future. It was, it's so much harder to find an address to write to, this whole thing he's describing from the early 90s. It's so much harder to do that than to go to www.sickstuff.com and you know download a bunch of psycho material. So yeah, okay, fine. You got to change the sentencing guidelines. Make them harsher. Make them tougher. 
at least make them more rehabilitative. But all that, even all of that is not the craziest thing that Judge Ketanji Jackson said during her confirmation hearings. The CRT stuff, the racist babies, the the kitty porn. No, the craziest thing she said was in response to Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn, who asked Ketanji Jackson a really simple question. This was not about some really contestable aspect of the law, some esoteric constitutional question. No, the question was simple. It is, can you define what a woman is? Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, Not in this context. I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition. This should be the end of her nomination. She should, Biden should pull the nomination or she should withdraw herself in disgrace. She should leave the legal community. She should be disbarred. She should not have any role in public life because I guess she's just a big, stupid idiot. Here, I thought she was an intelligent woman. She went to Harvard. She has had a long career as a lawyer, as a judge. So I thought she was reasonably intelligent, probably above average in her intelligence in education. But it turns out she's just a big, dumb, stupid idiot because she can't define the most basic category in humanity, man and woman. She can't define it. And she's so glib about it. Her, she's got such blithe ignorance here. She's so she's gleeful and, and confident in her ignorance. She goes, uh, like, like a student in class, first of all, who doesn't know the answer and is just stalling for time. Marcia says, tell me what a woman is. Can you define a woman? And she repeats the question. Uh, uh, you, you want me to define what a woman is? Uh, yeah. Do you have gunk in your ears? You got to stick a gum in your ear? Yep. Yeah. yeah. What's a woman? Uh, um, hold on. Um, no, I can't define that. Oh, you can't define that? Uh, no, I can't define that. I'm not a biologist. I'm not a biologist. I, uh, I'm not a, a meteorologist. I know when it's raining. Okay. I am not a, um, gosh, I don't know. I'm not a, uh, an astronomer. I know what the sun is. If you've made it through, if you've made it through kindergarten, I was going to say, if you've made it through Harvard law school, Harvard undergraduate, if you've made it, if you've functioned as an adult in society, you should know it. But no, if you've made it through kindergarten, you should be able to say what a woman is, but this woman cannot do it. She says, well, I'm not a biologist, which raises another question. If I find a biologist who says that a woman is uh, a person who does not have uh, testicles, uh, would you, would you then go along with that? Would you accept that definition? A woman is a human being who is not a man. Would you accept that definition? No, of course you wouldn't. She'd say that biologist is a right-wing fake news you support lower sentencing for even pretty bad criminals. Okay. That's kind of par for the course with Democrats these days with liberals. Okay. I get, it's bad, but I get it. You support critical race theory and you praise it by name and you support the 1619 project from the New York times. It's a lie that America was founded to, to defend slavery. It's completely made up. Okay. That's more radicalism. That's pretty bad. You can't tell me what a woman is. 
either Katanji Jackson is the stupidest person in America or she is among the most radical people in America. And I don't think she's stupid, which means Katanji Jackson is at this point, after her answer to Marsha Blackburn, she is by far the most radical Supreme Court nominee ever to come before the United States Senate to be confirmed. Really spooky stuff. Sexual disorder everywhere. And she's, she's giving into this because, of course, she is embracing the transgender insanity that our entire liberal elite are embracing. You saw this with NBC News. You know, William Thomas is this hulking dude who just beat all the chicks at the NCAA swimming championship. And he's got broad shoulders and a big Adam's apple and a relatively deep voice. And I'm just talking about above the belt, okay? You can use your imagination or your Google searches if you want to see the other evidence for uh, this fellow's masculinity. So William Thomas wins the trophy and takes it away from the chicks. And he is not being condemned as a cheater. He is not being helped as an obviously very disturbed man. He, no, he is being lauded by the liberal establishment, by NBC News, as, as Jackie Robinson, as the Jackie Robinson of transgenderism. Headline, Leah Thomas's NCAA championship performance gives women sports a crucial opportunity. <laughs> yeah, crucial opportunity not to exist anymore. That's, that's the great opportunity. Let me see if I can find this quote. Yes, here it is. Here it is. Change in sports doesn't happen overnight, nor is it linear. Major professional sports leagues like the MLB and the NFL resisted racially integrating their player rosters. It was not until 1962 that the last NFL team, the Washington Commanders, would racially integrate. Today, athletes like Jackie Robinson are celebrated as breaking the color barrier in sports, although that narrative often requires sanitizing, simplifying, or rewriting a more complex, nuanced, and contradictory history. And so just like uh, when black people could play in the white leagues, now we've got men competing in the women's leagues. He's like Jackie Robinson. I actually think Will Thomas is like Jackie Robinson. They have a lot of similarities. Uh, they're both uh, extremely muscular dudes who are good at sports. So that's true. Jackie Robinson, obviously much better in his sport than Will Thomas is in his sport. And that is why Will, Will Thomas isn't breaking records in the men's league. For He competed in the men's league not that long ago, but he's breaking records in the women's league because, <laughs> because men and women are very, very different. The difference between white people and black people and Asian people and Hispanic people. I'm not saying there are no differences. Obviously, there are some there's physical differences, things like, of course, I'm not denying that. But the differences are minuscule compared to the difference between men and women. The difference between men and women is fundamental to our humanity. The difference between the races is not fundamental to our humanity. This is why you have in, uh, in, all of the West, certainly in modernity, since travel has been much easier, since uh, people have moved around, you, you, know, you see all sorts of different people of different races go in and assimilate to other cultures. But men and women, that divide remains pretty, pretty distinct. M certainly much more distinct than between the races. Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is standing up against this craziness this craziness of transgenderism in sports. So officially, Will Thomas, who goes by the name Leah, 
is the NCAA swimming champion. Not in the state of Florida. In the state of Florida, the girl, the girl, uh, Emma Wyant is the women's champion because Ron DeSantis declared it so. If you look at what the NCAA has done uh, by allowing basically men to compete in women's athletics, in this case, the swimming, you had the number one woman who finished was from Sarasota, Emin Wyant. She won the silver medal. She's been an absolute superstar her whole career. She trains, I mean, to, to compete at that level is very, very difficult. And you don't just roll out of bed and do it. That takes grit. That takes determination. And she's been an absolute superstar. And she had the fastest time uh, of any woman in college athletics. Now, the NCAA uh, is basically taking efforts to destroy women's athletics. They're trying to undermine the integrity of the competition, and they're crowning somebody else uh, the woman's champion. And we think that's wrong. And so in Florida, we're going to be doing a proclamation uh, saying uh, that Emma is the best female swimmer in the 500-meter freestyle because she earned that. I love that. This is an excellent use of government because what the libs will say is, this is crazy. Ron DeSantis doesn't have the right to do that. He doesn't have the authority to do that. But why not? Well, the NCAA is the authority. You're right. The NCAA has some authority, which it is squandering right now. It's squandering all of its credibility by pretending that men are women. I think Ron DeSantis has some authority too. I think he's the governor of Florida. I think he's actually got a great deal more authority given to him by the people of Florida than the NCAA has. And so sure, the NCAA is using their authority to declare this dude the greatest female swimmer in America. And Ron DeSantis is using his far more credible authority to declare the young girl the greatest female swimmer in America, better than the man who is pretending to, to be that title. Yeah, I think this is a great use of government power. Sometimes we feel on the right, like we don't have any power whatsoever anymore because the libs control the corporations and the media and big technology and the administrative state, which has so much control over our government. And they control, they control every power center, the universities, they control every power center in the country. The one power center that we occasionally still can control is elective office. And conservatives have put themselves at a huge disadvantage, a potentially fatal disadvantage by uh, taking this radical libertarian, almost anarchist line that it's always bad to use the government. Government power is always bad. Well, that government power is the only power that we can ever even sometimes occasionally get. We've lost every other power center. For goodness sakes, we lost the military. We lost the CIA. The CIA now is putting out is putting out documentaries or or commercials about its members where they say, I'm an intersectional Latinx feminist radical. Join, join me, young pansexual, transsexual, whatever. And then the army, the U S army is putting out recruitment videos saying, I learned how to be a fighter. It's some young girl. And she says, I learned how to be a fighter when my lesbian guardians took me to a pride parade when I was 10. So that's gone. Those other institutions of power are gone. The one we have occasionally is elected government. We should use that power, not in an unjust way, not in a tyrannical way, not in an autocratic way, but we should use that power justly for the good, for the true and the beautiful. We don't have any other option. The only other option is lie down and take it. 
lie down and give away your whole culture and let the culture be completely destroyed. That's a very bad idea. Now, speaking of elected leaders, you got a really good one down in Florida. You got a really good one, or a really terrible one up in Boston. This, is, this, this mayor of Boston is sort of the anti-DeSantis. He's probably the best executive leader in America right now. This woman is one of the worst. And she just came out, at, and this was on her St. Patrick's Day breakfast, and she was complaining about the snow. And she said, you know, don't worry, she's used to dealing with problems that are, that are disruptive and white. In just over 100 days, we have connected unhoused residents at Mass and Cass to housing, treatment, and services. We've launched three free bus lines. We've taken some big, bold actions, but I won't lie. This past winter was pretty intense. Trial by snow, trial by fire, fighters union. I'm getting used to dealing with problems that are expensive, disruptive, and white. I'm talking about snowflakes, snowflakes. I mean snowstorm snowflakes. Not exactly Don Rickles, okay? Not, she's not quite a Rodney Dangerfield, is she? She's got to work on that comedic timing. And I, I think she should work on her material, her material, the actual content of her material. Here's the, this was the joke. I hate white people. That's the joke. Wh- white people are terrible. I hate them. Ha 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 ha. I, I'm an Asian woman. I hate white people. Ha ha ha. White people are bad. Ha ha ha. We are told in this very s- stupid and deluded culture, we are told that white people are privileged and everyone else is oppressed. In reality, the opposite is true. The only group that it is legal to discriminate against is white people. In some cases, you can also discriminate against Asians who get lumped in with white people for some reason, ironic given this woman's joke. Uh, But it's really primarily white people that are permitted to be discriminated against. On the social scene, the only race that you can criticize, that you're actually encouraged to criticize and mock and deride on the basis of race, is white people. So, the, the narrative that we are told is the opposite of what is actually going on in reality. There's such an irony here. I, I mentioned just a few moments ago that the difference between the races is really relatively minor compared to the difference between the sexes. You know, uh, Christianity is quite clear about this, right? There is uh, neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free, but all are one in Christ Jesus. The, the racial difference is really not all that significant. Sexual difference still is, is quite significant, right? In the, in the beginning, there, there was man, uh, male and female, uh, God created them. And yet, what we're told today is exactly the opposite. It's a total inversion of Christianity, of our religious tradition. We are told that the difference between men and women basically doesn't exist, and the difference between the races is insurmountable. You see this everywhere that this liberal ideology, leftist, radical, call it whatever you want, It seems always not just to distort, but to totally invert our traditional understanding of our culture. And it's true here on race and sex. Traditionally, race, less significant. Sex, much more significant. Here, you totally flip it. This is a great example of uh, misinformation. (laughs) It's it's something that's actually just not true. And yet we are told that the very true statements that we make, whether it's about sex or crime or justice or society or whatever, basic biology, we're told that that is uh, fake news, terrible. Even if it's true, it's malinformation and they need to shut us up. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. 
And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. John Bickley here, Daily Wire Editor-in-Chief. Wake up every morning with our show, Morning Wire. On today's episode, the CDC reduces the COVID death count, the Ukraine war takes a toll on the wheat supply, and the drought in California adds to the growing food crisis. Join us and get the facts first on the news you need to know with our show, Morning Wire.